Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This week is episode number 240. And on this episode, I'm bringing on Matt Allred. Uh, Matt is a guy that my wife went to med school with. Um, And, you know, after, you know, after med school, we moved away, they moved away. Um, And so this episode was super fun to reconnect. I've been really inspired by some of the messages he's sent out to the world, um, specifically about uh, regaining his own health. Um, He kind of went through a journey, gotten to a point where he was like, wasn't making super healthy decisions uh, and it was affecting him mentally and emotionally. And I know for me, like I can totally connect to that. Um, So this episode really, ultimately what it ended up being about was a really open conversation between two dads (laughs) just trying to make it through the world of dadhood um, as best we can, right? Like being a parent is probably the hardest thing I've ever, it is the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, And I think part of it is because there are no real like performance reviews as parents, right? Like you don't sit down every six weeks, six weeks, six months. I don't know. I'm a teacher. There are performance reviews for us, but they don't call them performance reviews. That sounds like a very like corporate world (laughs) speak there. But, uh, you know, it's not like every six weeks you're sitting down and your kids are saying, oh, in this category, you are doing uh, excellent. In this category, you are falling behind expectations. Like that doesn't happen. Um, and so it's really, it's difficult, right? Like you don't fully know, like no one comes up to you every day at the end of the day. And it's like, you did a great job today. You know, <laughs> like you did a really good job, dad. Um, no, of course not. Like that's not how, how it works. So I think being aware of, you know, I think being aware of your failures uh, sometimes as a parent is probably the most important quality because you're like, you're aware of it. You're not just unconsciously going through life, you know, making mistakes. You're aware of your mistakes. And, you know, like most of us who are striving to be better, you try to correct those mistakes next time. And then you make a whole new handful of mistakes. Um, (laughs) And that's just how it goes. But I think the process of like trying is is what's important there and i was super inspired by matt um because he was really open about his journey and he was open about when he uh found himself in what he calls the trench when you know mental health just kind of went down and down and down for him um and he talks a little bit about how he pulled himself up and you know it's there's no magic solution it's not like and then you uh you know you do this one thing and now you're good now you feel great no it's like those little things that hard work you have to put in those consistent good decisions every day um and and that's eventually what will lead you lead you out of it um so I, I really appreciated this story. Um, you know, it's it's just fun for me. I found recently, um, and we'll talk about this maybe more in the future, my cousin Matt, also Matt, a different Matt, <laughs> Matt Rackers, uh, who's been on the show before, he's a new dad. And he called me a few weeks ago, and we just talked about being a dad for like an hour or hour and a half and just kind of talked about it. And I'm like, dude, here's the thing you're going to realize is like, there's going to be many moments where you are 100% not perfect at all. You're not, you know, you're not doing the best, absolute best that you absolutely can. Um, but you have to be aware of those moments. And, you know, uh, what I realized from talking with my cousin was, dude, I need, I like, I think it's important for dads and parents specifically just to be like really open about like their experience and, Um, you know, because all the time you see what's posted on social media and it looks like people, you know, kids are smiling everyone's great. Like, you know, cause those are the pictures that people post. They post the moments that are great. Or you go kids smile and I will give you, um, some, a chocolate bar. And then they smile and like, okay, here you go. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you do that. I mean, I'm not speaking from experience or anything like that. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's Christmas time. We're like, hey, you, when you when you smile, you can open your presents. Um, things like that. Just uh, allegedly, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but anyways. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, let's get into it. Eventually, we do talk about adventure. We talk about Iceland. We talk about the importance of just having a goal that you're striving towards in life, uh, whether that's physical, whether it's mental. Oh, and then the thing, the post that he made a few months ago that I really appreciated was just how to support people and their mental health and how to how to keep your own mental health up uh, through what everybody's going through because i know right now people even right now like i mean i know vac vaccines are coming out and maybe things are opening up question mark but uh there's a lot of people who are just overwhelmed stressed anxious uh it's a it's a tough time so um i really i really enjoyed what he said and he's a you know a medical professional knows what he's talking about deals with people and mental health uh every day in what he does so uh, all right, let's get right into it. This is Like a Bigfoot podcast number 240 with Matt Allred. Thrilled, honestly, to be talking with you again. Um, I have Matt Allred on the show. Um, way back in the day, Matt went to med school with my wife, and I remember babysitting your kids for a night. Do you remember that? I'm surprised that wasn't good contraception for you, but <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently not. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good to see you, man. Yeah, man. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I, Lindsay was texting me. She's like, he might have to like get up and, and go deliver a baby. And I was like, like during the podcast, I'm like, that would be a first if that happened. Yeah. So yeah, well, I'm on labor and deliver right now, but I'm not on call. So yeah. <laughs> That's good. It would probably be irresponsible to do a podcast while you're on call. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I wanted to bring you on for a couple of reasons. Um, one, I wanted to talk, I want to hear your story of like regaining health, basically. Um, there was a moment in time where you kind of, like a, a lot of people do, I'm sure. You just at certain points, like get into a routine and you like lose track of it. Um, and then trying to get, you know, health back, get back into shape, all that stuff. Um, and then I just want to talk to you about dad mode. Cause you seem like a cool dad, <laughs> uh, and then just adventures in general, man. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting because, uh, I, I found that as, as time went on, especially when I came out here, kind of getting myself established in my career, getting extremely stressed out and, the habits that I think I was forming at the time were those safe, healthy habits. And I found myself gaining weight um, and gaining weight and gaining weight. And it's just amazing, not just the physical uh, things that can come from that waking, but a lot of the emotional um, things that came as well too. And I was 30 pounds past the heaviest I've ever been. It was, it was not a pleasant you know, experience. And um, it, it, was, uh, it was interesting to see yeah, like that accumulation of little decisions you know, like before a stressful delivery, I'm going to have my Oreos with my chocolate milk. That was, you know, was my kind of my go-to. And all of a sudden I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, whoa, I, I, I'm, uh, this isn't me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, but I think the other thing was just like my mental health, um, especially around the time when I realized that, hey, it's time to change that. Yeah, I was um, one of the lowest of lows I've ever been in my life. You know, it's like, man, I've finally achieved that goal of getting an established career, you know, have that family that, you know, on, on Facebook and Instagram, we look amazing, but you know, it's like, crap, I'm not happy, you know? Yeah. And it was a really important turning point to realize, yeah, it's time to start changing. Yeah. yeah. Do you think like, I mean, what was, I, I want to hear about the like cumulative small decisions. Uh, Cause I'm a huge fan of, there's this book called the slight edge and it's about those small decisions and how they actually mean the most because there's the compound effect over time. And yeah. the more small decisions in either a positive direction or a negative direction, like those are going to add up. And ultimately, like that's going to lead you on whatever path you're on. Um, so, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I'm sure those small decisions got you to that place, but then they probably also small decisions got you out of it. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I think it, um, yeah, and there's one phrase, you know, by small and simple things, great things are brought to pass. Uh, same thing, uh, 
it was that you know in residency even though it was way more stressed out in residency with you know the you know i'm sure Lindsay remembers this and you remember as well too it's it's crazy the amount of times you're away from your family but i still was able to maintain a good exercise regimen residency but moving out here it's just it was that one excuse of nah i don't need to run today or no nah, it's too cold i you know those little simple decisions led to that inactivity that inactivity led to hey i'll just eat this because i'm stressed out and then the one thing that's so funny about um those small and simple dishes decisions especially with eating in america it's like any time we get together with family any celebration it's crappy food the entire time i mean uh it's amazing just how obesogenic you know it how easy it is to to get uh, overweight and I don't want to blame things on overweight you know, or on, on weight, but for me, that was my, that was my burn. That was my, that was my biggest issue. Um, and then it was just that when I, I started on this uh, program called Optivia, it was, it, was, it was great for me personally. Um, you, know, I, you know, you always say about what diet you try, but you know, for me, that worked. Um, I lost 30 pounds within three months. I remember people saying, wow, what's your trick? How'd you lose that so fast? And the reality is it wasn't, it wasn't easy. It was every morning waking up and say, okay, I'm going to eat this. And I mean that, you know, meal planning, uh, the importance of staying well hydrated during that time. But the hardest part was my, and my, my Achilles heel is that 7 PM to yes. go to bed. Uh, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm going to have a bowl of cereal. And then it turns out, Hey, I still have some milk left. Let's add some more cereal to that. And then Hey, I have, I don't have enough milk. And then all of a sudden I've eaten like, Dude, it's the cereal milk. conundrum. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> And, you know, here's the thing is like, even though, you know, I you lost that weight and I'm still, I did gain 10 pounds, but it's 10 pounds of muscle. So like, you know, I, yeah. look, I look even better now than I did after losing 30 pounds just because of that muscle weight. But I still have that same addiction. If I'm not careful every night, I'll see that Reese's peanut butter cup cereal and, I, you know, like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do it tonight. But then uh, it is that, you know, but when I was talking to people about like how I did lose that weight, it was those daily minute by minute decisions. But what I found so interesting about this, and I think this is the same for both positive and negative, is when, when you have a cumulative of, hey, I've already made 10 great decisions. Why make a bad decision now? Um, yeah, or like, you know, now we're up to 100 great decisions. Why, why screw this up? Um, and I think that's, that's the best part about that accumulation of good or bad. Uh, it's easier to continue to go in that direction that you're pursuing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like, like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the phrase like decision fatigue, right? Where during the day you're making all these healthy decisions. It's funny because your mindset sounds like the battle to decision fatigue because the f- decision fatigue is always like you make so many healthy decisions all throughout the day, you make good decisions and then you get to 7 PM and you're like, I can't make good decisions anymore. <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> I know it's yeah, it is it's a very difficult, uh, difficult bear to beat. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like I, I like how you kind of link that physical health to mental health, because for me, like being disciplined when I'm disciplined, uh, in diet and exercise and stuff like that, like I just feel better because I'm, disciplined enough to make the right decisions you know what i mean and then you don't feel like that guilt or whatever i don't even know if it's guilt after you you know like i don't want to say that because i do think there's times like i'll eat a whole roll of girl scout cookies sometimes and it's awesome it's the best but i don't make that like the norm support your daughter and her her yeah (laughs) yeah i have to support the girl scouts obviously i mean come on (laughs) but no yeah i know exactly what you mean where um and you know, the problem is, yeah, I think it is helpful to have those occasional, but, um, but you know, one thing I have found is that when I got out of that routine, um, for example, like, uh, you know, got an injury and I said, I couldn't work out for a week and a half. It was so hard to get that rolling again. You know, it's like, I, I used to you know run a lot, but now I'm just doing more weightlifting, but I want to get back into running, but it's like, Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And I'll do it tomorrow. And crap, it's been a month, you know, it's been, Oh, wait, now it's too cold outside. So you know, there's always those excuses that uh, I think we all have challenges with of not letting that overcome. Uh, yeah. End goal, but. 
Yeah. What, uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, running a marathon and stuff like that. Like, is that something you still are interested in or yes. how'd that experience go? Well, yeah, we were joking earlier. So, uh, I don't know. So in my last year of med school, I decided, Hey, why not just end med school with a big hurrah? Let, why not just add a marathon onto the very end of it? And I trimmed my butt off from December to, uh, to then finally run it in June. And then of course, uh, Lindsay tells me if you, you know, Oh yeah, Chris, that was a good idea. So he just up and ran a marathon. I'm like, yeah, thanks, Chris. I didn't know. I didn't know that's how that went. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, thank you. I, uh, I, I tried my hardest, but yeah, just up and running one. Why not? <laughs> you probably had a better time than me to be fair, just so you know, but you know, it was, um, it's, it's a thought. I mean, right now I, I've, I've enjoyed a lot more weightlifting. I find it's a more better for my, my physical fitness, my, my mental clarity. Um, and you know, if I go running right now, I'm running on black ice with, with how cold it is up here, but yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's definitely in the mix cause there's a lot of beautiful areas out here to run and did a Ragnar up at the Tetons a couple of years ago, which was out oh, this world amazing. And so it's, that's definitely gonna be a tradition. That's amazing. Was that one of the uh, like relay? I mean, I know it's a relay, but was that one where you're doing loops and you're all camped out in one spot? Yep. Yeah. A team of, uh, you have a team of about uh, eight, to, I mean, four to, I think, I can't remember how many we had. I think we had eight on our team. Uh, but yeah, there's one point where I'm running the middle of the night with a headlamp on, on this, this trail. And uh, yeah, but I mean, it was crazy. Cause I, it's where I actually go s- snowboarding and I'm like, huh, hey, there's, there's one of my favorite runs right here. And, you know, I'm running down it. And, but it was, yeah, that was an awesome experience. But yeah, those look so cool, man. We, we took the girls to like a little kid trail running thing, but it was like as part of a Ragnar. And I was just like, oh man, that'd be cool. Like just hang out with your team and camp and like form that community while, while doing that. It just seems like a great way to spend a weekend. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's definitely needs to be a tradition. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of want to hear, um, you know, in, I, I read a few of your, of your Facebook posts that were to me, like super inspiring, inspiring. And I was like, these are like some of the best things I've read on all of Facebook for a long time. Uh, and I think there were, you probably posted them a few months ago, but I just remember at the time I was like, Lindsay, I should, I should con like, I should reach out to Matt and see if he wants to share a little bit on the show. Um, so I want to hear a little bit and just to start like with the connection to your own health journey, you talked about like non-scale victories. Um, can you kind of like talk through those a bit? Like obviously like the losing the weight was the goal for you, but there were all these other benefits that came along the way. Yeah. And I think, as I was talking about earlier, it's like, hey, here I am at the the perfect time of life that we all have that goal of, of being that perfect family, and yet I'm still unhappy. And um, I think those non-scale victories, number one, I felt like I was becoming a better husband and a better father, which is which is honestly my biggest, you know, great. Who cares about what I do for a job? Who cares about um, what I accomplish? If I suck as a father, if I suck as a husband, there's something wrong with that. Um, you know, guys need to step it up. And, you know, if we're not, if we're not being that support that we need to be in uh, for our families, then, you know, that, then what, what good is there? Um, yeah. And I, you know, I found myself when I was not making those healthy decisions, uh, reacting, you know, uh, we, there was a point where uh, um, I'd have to, you know, apologize. because I felt like the Hulk, you know, I basically was calling hulking out as, as my, response and you know the funny thing is i realized anytime my wife told me to calm down it was just like you know bothering the hulk more it's like yeah you don't tell the hulk to calm down (laughs) no you don't until i was watching avengers and uh when black widow goes out to him it's like hey hey big guy sun's getting real low i'm like dude that's a perfect thing i can have my wife do so anytime i was hulking i'm like hey chris you need to just tell me sun's getting real low and that'll help me calm down yeah (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, going back to where I was, you know, I, I found I was just becoming that jerk to my kids. Um, and, you know, to have a father who's just constantly criticizing, which again, I wish I could say I'm even perfect or even somewhat good at doing that, being good as a father. Yeah, I, I still have so much to work on, but it was, it was getting so repetitive that I'm realizing, man, my kids are not being raised in a, in a really healthy situation. And not only that, but, my, you know, my wife, you know, she was 
having to be more, it was almost like a, not quite a single mom, but you know, she wasn't having that partner there supporting her. And yeah. I, I think that was the, that I think that was reading that health and more so I think reading that health helped my mental health even more. So that confidence that um, it was where it's almost like my threshold to communicate my threshold to take on the stresses of being a dad with the inevitable chaos that ensues with having multiple kids at home. Um, those thresholds all improved. And I think that was one of the biggest victories was that aspect of I'm enjoying being with my family for a change. Um, not because of their fault, because of, you know, some of the internal struggles I was having. Um, you know, unfortunately, still to this day, yeah, I, there's an occasional here and there where it's like, great, back to where we were. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I relate to this so much and I'm sure like every parent ever could relate to this because, and you know, I'm the same way where it's like, I hold myself, like I'm probably way more self-critical of what I'm doing than anyone else's, you know what I mean? And there are moments where I'm just like, oh man, I can't believe like that I reacted in that way. But I agree, like the more I'm disciplined and the more I'm like, you know, the more I'm physically healthy, the better I feel mentally and emotionally. Like it's crazy. Well, it's almost going back to what we were talking about earlier with, with eating, for example, that, you know, it's, you know, that, that, that decision fatigue of, you know, you know. I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to go ahead and be rude now. <laughs> it's like, we're, I don't know, that threshold just isn't, uh, it, you know, if, as you get more and more tired and more and more exhausted, you, you might not be the best person you are to, to those around you, but. Yeah. And then I, I work with middle schoolers all day and I feel bad sometimes. I'm like, dude, did I just use up all my patience with the middle schoolers and not for, and I didn't save any for my own kids. Like, Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I can relate. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, man, that's, yeah, dude, I think that's huge, man. And, uh, I think the other thing that I was, that you posted that I could really relate to was just how to basically talk. You were talking about like the psychological, psychological distress we were all kind of going through as a nation. And, uh, you know, through COVID and the lockdowns and dude, we're still going through it, man. Like people, I, you know, the people I see every day, people are stressed, people are overwhelmed. They're anxious. Like it's, it's all over the place. And I just thought your post, uh, about that was like really, really effective. So do you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I found, you know, there's this one uh, doc here in town who I, um, had really helped me kind of through some of my own mental health issues. And he wrote this book called um, basically summarizing that like our mental health issues can actually become superpowers. And I thought, always thought that was just such a weird concept. Um, But as I kind of studied that book and kind of talked with him a little bit about it, it was interesting to see once you've been in that low state of depression, it's amazing how, how much empathy and support you can provide to other people. Um, when they're in that difficult situation. For those who, um, those who might have ADD, they are people who look for a different angle versus just following, you know, following the, the algorithm that, that's expected. And so when, when COVID was happening, I realized, you know, this is going to suck for so many people. Not, I mean, I could, the whole physical aspect of COVID, I, you know, cool, all right? Yes, we know that there's a lot of disease that can come from it, but the mental aspect of COVID was, was a big concern uh, because there's isolation. There's the, the aspect of we're not able to work as we used to. We're not able to be around people as we used to. Um, I, that was a big concern for a lot of my patients uh, with a lot of pregnancy patients who, uh, who are having these stress of having their kid born into this stressful time um, for moms who are, you know, like, moms or dads who are staying at home now having to homeschool their kids and not want to rip their hair out. Uh, that is such, there's just so much new changes that was going to happen. So I felt that, you know, and it's inspired to, to, to basically share my own mental health experience of recovery, of failure, of success, of, of growth. Um, in one of my posts to just, um, because the, I was worried that there, there would be not so much access to healthcare, uh, psychiatric care. It's just so hard to get in to see someone for that. And so 
I just had the kind of the desire to share some of my own experiences and 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 relate maybe some ways that uh, people could apply some of the things I had learned um, that worked for me, but hopefully maybe help for them. Um, yeah. And you know, one thing I think about mental health that we don't always realize is, and this is kind of the very first part of that post is like, you know, let's say my, you know, for me to be able to function and not be a jerk or not become the Hulk, I have to be fu- be functioning. Uh, like I will Hulk out when I get to my threshold of 80%, we'll say. And on a typical day, I'm functioning between 20 and 60. And, you know, occasionally I get close, but I can usually calm back down, we'll say. But now when we throw in that improper nutrition, the isolation, the the financial concerns, the the family concerns, that threshold of 80 could decrease down to 60 or 50. And, and so that disease that we could have if we reach that threshold is a lot more likely to, to be breached. And so our goal with really any disease that we treat and especially mental health is to get that threshold back to as high as we can so that we can uh, stay below it and not, not get to that disease state, so to speak. Yeah. That's fascinating, man. Like what, uh, what kind of like, what kind of tips I guess do you have for people to raise that threshold back up? Because man, I mean, I see it every single day in my students, you know, in people I interact with in myself, you know, like the threshold has been lowered for sure. And things that might not normally bother somebody can kind of like send people off. And you're like, wow, like, I don't know. It's, it's everything you just mentioned too. Like there's just hasn't been like a whole bunch where people are, you know, in regular times, you always have something on the horizon you're looking forward to like a gathering or, or something, you know, and you don't have those now. And I think the other thing just to kind of share my own struggles, like I think the thing that is the hardest for me that has been the hardest for me mentally is like every little decision you make you've made over the past year, at least for me, like I've questioned whether it was the right thing to do. Even something as simple as like my kids are outside, the neighbor kids are outside, they're going to play together. There's been moments where I'm like, is this the right thing? Like, do we do this? Like, and it's, but it's that times like a billion tiny decisions through this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, I think there alone is a very important part to, um, to a set to, helping with your own mental health is, is admitting some of your weaknesses. I think we're always, the problem is we're all want that perfect filtered appearance of how we're doing. Uh, I think that's one thing that I, I was once on Instagram, I got off because I was just so sick of the, the perfection. Yeah. Uh, I found it's easier for me to communicate with my patients and saying, Hey, I have a history of depression, anxiety, and P, you know, PTSD. I wish I didn't have it. It'd be great to not have it, but you know, I think it's the aspect of admitting and being, I guess not admitting, but being open about your own weaknesses, about your own mental health. Um, sometimes it sucks. People don't give a crap about what you just said. And it's like, wow, that was, you know, that I feel like an idiot now, but I would say the majority of the time it's, it's that, you know, like, for example, like when we talk about parenting, we're not admitting being perfect parents. I mean, you know, we, we suck regularly, but it's that when you talk to people about, uh, how their parenting is it's just there's that bond that can form i think the same thing with with mental health is is that you when you've heard that someone has been i call it the trench you know when you've been in that trench that difficult part of life that you had to pull yourself out of um i, I found it much easier to just normalize mental health that it's more of a conversation um working in obstetrics and gynecology postpartum depression oh my gosh it is so I've seen so much more of it this year than I ever had before. Um, but the thing that gives me, uh, if it sounds weird saying goosebumps is I have patients who will be open with me about it. Yeah. They'll, you know, they know that they can come to me and say, Matt, this sucks. I need help. And that is one of the most, one of the highest honors I can have having someone say, Hey, here's my mental weakness. How can, you know, how can we get through this together? And, and so I think that's one thing. It's just that aspect of being open. Um, I think helping others service is, is a very important thing too. Um, one hard part about mental health is just how much is focused on, how much is focused on me, how much is wrong with me. Um, 
I'm wrong. There's something, you know, inherently wrong about me. But I think it's when we just look around and, and see, hey, they might need some help. It's when that service that we get, we kind of get lost. We get out of that trench. We, we can, uh, um, there's a certain gratification of knowing that you have helped someone out of, um, someone out of it, someone who's in need, you've helped them out of that situation. Um, for one, I think that's um, one of the key factors there is just not being open, but helping others through it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then um, now for me, like, so I was on Lexpro, which is an antidepressant and I was on it from, I, th- I think I started like maybe my third year of residency and my gosh, it was amazing, but I sure, I absolutely refused it for a while you know i was going to counseling kind of helping people you know helping with counseling but there was a point where like i i need something and um and it was you know for me personally that was helpful in that time you know i found that my as i was talking about earlier that threshold increased i was able to tolerate things more um but then as time went on especially when i was out here getting established in my career i found that my highest dose wasn't working anymore I'm like okay well let's try new let's try new medication let's try adding this and um, there was definitely a time and place where that medication helped. Yeah. But, um, when I realized my exercise and my diet were so crappy, that's where I, where I added those into the mix. And I actually got off my antidepressant within a month of starting to lose that weight. And I've been off it since then. And I hate saying that loud because I never want to say, Oh, all you need to do is eat healthy and and you know, diet and lose weight, and that, then you won't have any issues with depression. I, I I say that very carefully because I was gonna be totally happy if I was gonna be on Lexpro for the rest of my life. Yeah, uh, it made me feel normal. I mean, I remember the first month on it. I'm like, holy crap, this is what it feels like to be normal. Wow, like yeah. wouldn't I not do this earlier? But you know, time changed. Uh, you know, situations change, and so it was great to be on medication. So that's why I always carefully recommend medication as a great option um, when you talk with someone who knows what they're doing with medication. Um, It's something definitely to consider um, and can be extremely helpful in some situations. And, um, but then, yeah, that diet and exercise, I can't um, just the, the self-improvement feeling of that was what worked so much for me. Yeah. I actually, it was funny. I had a conversation today with a coworker and we were just talking about how, you know, people have been starting to exercise during this pandemic just as a, not to like specifically lose weight or anything like that, but like, as a, like, I know I should exercise because it's good for my mental health. Like I've heard people say that so much and I'm like, wow, like that's actually a really good reason to go out and do it. You know, um, it's like, yeah, that's like maybe not having that big goal of, of, you know, weight loss or, or whatever. It's just like, no, I'm going to go out and exercise because it makes me feel good. And I'm like, yeah, that's actually, that should be one of the reasons why we all do it. You know? Yeah. yeah I remember in there was a time in my life where I exercised so I could eat whatever I wanted. <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. And then it was exercise to lose weight. Now it's honestly, and that's why I tell my patients previously, I need medication to manage my mental health. And now it's exercise and diet. And yeah you know, yeah, I can still fall back into that trench. Um, you know, it, it's happened several times since, since my recovery, so to speak. But, um, but I find it's when I'm not maintaining um, what I know is right for me that, that it's easier to slip back into the trench. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Do you have any other ones on there? Or? Yeah. I mean, one thing for me is uh, music is, is something that, that has always been so influential in my life. And, you know, I, I use the word trench and because it's you know, after my, you know, my favorite band, Twin Pilots named their last album trench. And, uh, you know, that's, it's that symbolism of that album is representative of, uh, Tyler Joseph, uh, his, his struggle with mental health and his difficulty of not just moving on, not, not getting past and, and falling back into that trench. And, and so listening to, artists who are just so inspiring, like Twin Pilots, Mute Math, Twin, Imagine Dragons, all of them have been so ins- helpful for me. Um, uh, listening to the people who are broken that have, uh, you know, some of those lyrics are just so inspiring to me. And music, I think, is, I think, helpful for anyone. Sometimes I just need to listen to Linkin Park and yell at my car, <laughs> and hopefully that no one notices me, or, or other times it's, 
oh, just the simple listen to Baby Shark with my daughter and <laughs> wonder what, yeah, I mean, that's, I think music is a huge aspect for mental health just because it's that, um, it's that connection that you can form uh, through those lyrics. And lastly, hobbies. Um, a creative mind is an active mind. It's, it's not so self-centered. It's, it's, it has that desire to, per, to create. And I think that's where hobbies can be, be a huge aspect for it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, those are kind of like the simple, like non therapy techniques that I found that could be very helpful for me at least. That's amazing, man. Well, I do want to like transition into hobbies. Now you set me up perfectly. Um, I want to hear a little bit, because you, you definitely have a creative side of your brain where you and your family will go out and uh, create, like literally create different pieces of art and, and stuff yeah. like that. So I want to hear a little bit about that. Like, uh, can you explain some of the, the wacky things you've created? Yeah, it's, uh, and you know, the funny thing is, is that it, it starts with a little idea and it's like, why not? let that become more than an idea. Um, you know, and, uh, for example, when you see something amazing online, why not try it? That, yeah. that, you know, I think we get into this aspect of like this state of complacency of, wow, that looks so cool. You like it, you give it a thumbs up and done, but why not give it a try? Um, and you know, one, you know, one thing that has kind of come, become a hobby and we'll see if it persists, it just takes forever, but uh, chalk art is something I started to do. Uh, when we moved out from St. Louis, um, you know, I opened up one of these boxes and we had all this leftover chalk that I, I think I just threw into a, one box just to make the moving process easier. I'm like, yeah, let's just draw a rainbow. And so we did just this just huge rainbow in our driveway. And then uh, like, hey, this looks pretty cool. And so we decided to draw a unicorn a, a few weeks later. And then that progressed on to, I don't know, like Mario or, uh, and then, you know, one of those funny things about, yeah, then I, oh yeah, I think Wonder Woman had come out and like, all right, I'm going to do Wonder Woman. And they realized, oh my gosh, there's an aspect ratio where if you look straight above, you actually look normal. But when you look from the curb, they have some, some big hips there. <laughs> okay, I can't make this mistake again. So that laid down, okay, well, I'll, I'll crop the image this way and I'll tuck it in here. And, and so it's just that constant progression of, hey, let's just add on to this, add on to this. And then like, well, I don't like how the black, uh, color shows up on here. So I'm going to get a little bit more, you know, different, more expensive crimes. I'm like, huh, these work way better. And so, yeah. you know, and then it's just like, all right, um, now let's actually do something with this. I was just drawing like cartoons and stuff like that. I'm like, and it was catching fire, like on my wife's Instagram. Um, you know, it was getting a lot of, of those great likes of perfection, but I'm like, okay, great. Now let's actually do something with this. And I started just, you know, doing some things more for hope like i around COVID time i drew this phoenix uh you know that just said rise up it was just that goal of of rising above you know it was that i i can't remember what what phase of COVID it was i think it was during the riot phase or i don't know what it was but where we were just seeing so much ugliness in the country and uh it was like we, we need to rise above we need to rise up um i was really inspired by an imagine dragons uh song um and you know, for, you know, I'm, I'm Christian. And so for, uh, during Easter time, I did a, a, a chalk art of, of the cross and was saying he has risen for those who believe in Christ. It was that aspect of, Hey, you know, it, it's my form of hope that yeah. I, I've been spread with other Christians as well too. And, um, so that was, that was a fun little hobby that just kind of transitioned to that. And, and then it was, okay, well, let's try, you know, I, I saw this melted crown art once I'm like, Oh, let's do it you know, I can do with melted crown art and that was the temporary phase. And now, now it's hot wheels. And oh my gosh, man, if you haven't done hot wheels, I know you have girls, only girls, but man, you got it. Like, I bet they'd be in. Yeah. You got to do it. Um, yeah. They were like, dude, you must be the funnest. I'm like, I don't do this for my kids. I do it for me. It's so much fun to, you know, this is my childhood. Now I now I can, you know, like actually understand what I'm doing. Yeah, man. Well, at first I want to ask, like, what are the neighbors' reactions when you guys are out there doing chalk art? Um, yeah, I, my neighbor across the street, they, it's kind of funny. Like their kid, he's like, I think he's like five or five years old now. He, he usually just puts a chair out and just watches me the whole time. <laughs> During Halloween, he just, yeah, he, he loves watching me sit at my Halloween decor and all that. But, um, but it, it's pretty funny. Um, 
you know, we live on a little bit of a, not too busy of a street, but one of the more main streets of, of the town. Of um, It's just so funny to see the stoplights and people like backing up and, yeah. you know, to, to watch it. But um, luckily I live in a small town, so uh, I don't think this stuff will ever get famous or anything like that. But, um, <laughs> it is, you know, I, I, it's always kind of slightly gratifying to see people like take pictures in front of it. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, cool. I care less about the, you know, the, the praise. It's just, it's just, I, th- I think the reason I still do it is that it puts a smile on people's face and uh, that's worth it. You know, even though if you don't particularly see the smiles, when you, you know, those stop, those, whenever I see someone stop and pause, you know, I, I think that is that great. You know, I think they actually enjoy that. Yeah, no, that's cool. What's it like, you know, you're, I think in that sense, I really think that's something to be, I think it's something I respect with you is because you're showing your kids like, Hey, just cause I'm an adult doesn't mean I have to stop having fun, stop being creative. You know what I mean? Like you're still finding that like passion in the world, you know? Yeah. And, um, hopefully that might be something that they remember. Um, you know, my, my oldest daughter, my gosh, she, you know, we we're the other day we we're talking about, Hey, what are some of your guys' gifts? And to define her, it's creation. That girl, you know, she's in American girl dolls and she wanted all this stuff. I'm like, that's really expensive, sweetie. So she just made an entire kitchen set out of whatever. And it looks amazing. Um, and so it's nice to see that, you know, coming to, uh, yeah, she's developing those skills of, of creation. And, um, yeah, one thing that has been fun, like, as we've been doing, we have seen our next, you know, some neighbors down the street, their girls do chalk art now there too. And, um, you know, my, that little kid who always watched me when I do this stuff, he's always, you know, he, he's chalking up his drive a little bit too. Um, and, and, you know, recently it's, it's funny that you mentioned like, uh, Chrissy, my wife is online yesterday and she's like, Oh, I just hear she's like, Oh my gosh. Like what? And there's this lady, I guess in Minnesota, I know where it is, but she does the same thing. It, yeah. It's just like, it's just cool to see that, that, you know, again, that other people are trying to just be creative. Um, and it, you know, it's that aspect of just showing, yeah, I, I think there's some joy in creating and there's also joy in inspiring. Um, and I don't know if it has inspired anyone, but I think it's, it is helpful to just know that maybe someone's going to try something. There's, there's that benefit of, Hey, this looks cool. Let's give it a try. Yeah. Well, and I think there's so much of like, right now you know especially right now like we're all including right literally right now for me and you we're all like looking at screens all the time you know i was just driving home today um because i've i haven't been running for the last couple weeks i have like a little calf injury and i'm like dude running is my one time where i get to like go outside and just like not worry about looking at something you know what i mean and I'm missing that. And I think it's really, ins- I think people are inspired probably by doing like something like chalk art because you're out there and you have to be focused. You have to be in the moment. You're not, you probably can't be distracted looking at a screen or something like that, like while you're doing it. So I think that whole like, oh, that guy's like in the moment right now. Like, I think that thing is inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's just, yeah, not looking at a screen, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah yeah it's it's amazing the zombies we've become with with the awesome advancement of technology but you know the ability to carry on a simple conversation with 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 a stranger we we don't know how to do that anymore yeah and that's why like i'm for me like doing this podcast like i love it so much because i'm like oh it's like a conversation that you have where you're completely like invested in the conversation you know i think that's cool um you gotta tell me about the igloo dude you guys built like three igloos in your backyard, which is how I knew. I was like, I, I turned to Lindsay. I'm like, where do they live now? And she's like, Idaho. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that makes yeah. that checks out. We live somewhere where it's cold enough to have an igloo <laughs> in the backyard for. I think we're going on like two months now. Two it's still months. there. Yeah, yeah, they're still staying strong somehow, which makes no sense. But <laughs> yeah, again, this is one of those. You know, last year we built like a little. Uh, uh, so I went to a residency in St. Louis. And so every year we build an arch in our front yard and like, Hey, that's cool. Then, Hey, let's build a castle. And then I, I think I was talking to one of my kids this year. I'm like, Hey, what should we build this year? And like, how about an igloo? I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and, um, and it turned out way awesome. I mean, I, 
you know, looked online again, the benefit of other people sharing their experience and their talents. I mean, yeah. I uh, found a bunch of, uh, you know, blogs or, you know, YouTube videos of other people who have done this before and kind of made my own idea and like figured out, okay, where should I place the igloo? How do I admit, how big should I make it? And, um, and then there's this one guy um, who put food coloring, his mic do that is sweet. I got to try that. And so I wish I could, comp- I wish I could uh, claim anything about, no, this was other people inspiring me that led to this, you know? And, um, and then you know, the first igloo was built, I'm like, dude, this is sweet, you know, and like, my kids were way excited about it. I'm like, you know, it'd be awesome. This would be a total win-win. I just win-win-win, because it was my idea. But the aspect <laughs> of, let's get them out of the house, playing in igloos all the time during the winter, you know, like, duh, that'd be perfect. And so like, let's build a second one, but not only build a second, let's connect the two. And, and so I, built the second one a little bit bigger and then built the connecting uh, brick, you know, pathway between the two. And then I realized, you know, this is a month into having one igloo and my kids have been in it for a total of like a cumulative two hours <laughs> over like a whole month. I'm like, after I was finishing that second one off, I'm like, I'm done. So I just built like a little teeny little caboose off the end. I'm like, it was fun to make, but you know, the kids have play it when their friends come over and that's about it otherwise yeah. they're, well, that's I, how dude that's how it is with everything all I the know. toys all the toys that aren't aren't interesting until their friends come over and then it's like oh yeah i have all these toys that are super fun <laughs> or starting to throw them away yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah as soon as it's like i think we're gonna pack these up they're like no 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 not all of those yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, well i did yeah. want to hear just your opinion on this like what what to you is like the number one challenge of being dad like dad mode not feeling that you are perpetually sucking (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if that's the right word to say but you know like um the fear there's so much fear with parenting there's that fear of you being the reason why they hate and you know like my parents were the reason why i do this or you know that that fear of of uh, of not being who they needed to have um, I think that's a big fear that I, I have. Um, and, and maybe that's why I do these big things with them. So they might remember the good over the bad. <laughs> I don't know. Like sometimes I, when people are asking me about parenting, like here's, here's the trick to parenting, have better good memories than bad memories. <laughs> you know, and, Dude, I'm going to write that down, man. <laughs> I don't know if that's what it is, but you know, the thing is I look back at my own childhood and I remember you know, going on a hike to this beautiful mirror lake with my dad and we went fishing up there, didn't catch anything. It started hailing on us. Uh, and we've spent most of the time in the tent, but I remember he brought steaks and I bought, uh, I brought, I brought Heinz 51 sauce or Heinz 57 sauce. And that was the best memory as we were eating steaks in the middle of a hailstorm, in the middle of nowhere, you know, and, um, you know, you know, I, with my mom, you know, she is, man, she's, I think one of the reasons why I enjoy creating because out of nowhere, my mom, my mom would just make these amazing stuff. And, um, just, she's just like so inspiring. And that's one thing I think about parenting is, you know, try and have as many good experiences with them. Uh, cause inevitably, you know, I tell my patients, don't worry, you're already, you know, you haven't had a kid yet, but you're already a horrible parent. Just accept that. <laughs> I don't know. That's horrible advice. But the thing is that, you know, you're well, never- we're all just figuring it out, man. Like, that's the thing. It's like, no one fully knows exactly what they're doing all the time. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing I've accepted is that, and are trying to accept is that I'm still learning it. You know, the other night I remember like, uh, just, you know, my daughter was kind of being a little bit difficult for my wife and I came home protective husband. How dare you treat your mother that way? Oh, yeah. and then I realized all the miscommunication that occurred in Mike and I sat her down. I said, sweetie, I screwed up. I'm so sorry. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm so sorry I did that as your dad. And, you know, and I, I think that is important aspect as well too. Apparently is admitting fault when it's necessary. Um, but I mean, that's one technique I've learned as a parent is just trying to make good memories because I know my parents did that with me. Um, uh, I wish I had any good, <laughs> any perfect. I, I joked that I was going to write a parenting book and it was just going to be called, I don't know, you'll figure it out. Yeah. And it'll just be like, I don't know, you'll figure yeah. out. But the thing is like, I was just talking to my cousin about this. Um, and cause he had just had a, a, 
uh, new kid. And I was just like, I was basically like, man, you will figure it out. But I think the part of like being a quote unquote good parent is really like, are you aware that you are trying? Like, are you actually trying and are you aware of your faults? And the fact that you're aware of them doesn't mean you're a bad parent. It probably means you're a good parent because you're like, oh, at least I know what I'm doing wrong. And I'm going to try to correct these as best I can, even though like I'm a human being. So I have faults of my own, you know? No, that makes sense. I mean, I really like that. Um, that, that awareness that the, the aspect of trying, um, and I think with anything you you pursue in life, that aspect of, if you're still trying, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Except for losses, get better a little bit at a time. Um, I think that's, that's absolutely key. Yeah. Um, That's huge, man. Well, dude, I wanted to wrap it up today by hearing about some adventures. Um, that you've been on. Obviously you live in a beautiful part of the world, which is amazing. Lindsay and I have been in Colorado for four and a half years now, and we still have yet to, I'm embarrassed to even say this. We haven't gone up to Wyoming. We haven't gone up to Idaho. We haven't gone up to Montana. Like what are we doing? You know? (laughs) Yeah. You know, yeah, I I'm lucky because yeah, I mean, I can, I can look out the window right now and see the Tetons. (sighs) It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm 45 minutes away from a, from getting, you know, basically not the actual Tetons, but uh, where I can actually just be right, right next to them. And um, so that is one interesting thing about this area is that it's, it's wide open, but it's hard to get out of the house. And um, I mean, it, it's better when we get out of the house and get to these more beautiful spots um, with, I think with the kids that we're trying to implement as well too, and this might go even go back to maybe some parenting ideas. We're trying to keep them as away from technology as humanly possible, which is very difficult, Um, especially during this time, because we've actually found how amazing uh, my daughter connects with one of her friends in St. Louis on a regular basis. And that's a fantastic thing, you know, but you know, we try to keep our kids off games and, you know, limit their TV time. Uh, that works for us as, as parents because, you know, try to get them more involved in books um, as well to just keep some creativity, keep their mind a little more active than the see yeah. of that. But as for the adventures, um, no, we're fortunate to live in an area where we can go mountain biking, we can go hiking. Um, you know, there's these beautiful hikes and vistas nearby that um, definitely help, uh, you know, help with some of the, those adventures with the kids but yeah yeah i want to hear a little bit about iceland so yeah. we, we were talking a little bit about that Lindsay and i were planning on going to iceland and we're still planning at some point but our trip kind of didn't happen so i want to hear a little bit like what did you guys experience when you went over there it was just you and your wife right yeah yep um we were going to copy your trip we were basically yeah. just like we're going to steal their trip that's what yeah. we're doing yeah yeah, and yeah, Chrissy made a temple, and I yeah, she sent that to Lindsay, and um, yeah, I my heart breaks for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll get there. I know. Um, you know, I, I we were. It's like okay, we need to get out. We need to just travel for a change. We'd never been out of the country before, and our goal was initially to go to Ireland, um, and then we just weren't quite sure of it. Um, and I remember in residency there was this. Um, in a little bit more difficult time of residency where, uh, you know, I was in a little bit of a, of a downer and I was flipping through this medical magazine and I turned over from this page to one of those beautiful waterfalls I've ever seen in my life. It's called Sladjif Falls, which is this, this beautiful, beautiful waterfall in Iceland. And, um, I, if you've seen Gladiator, I don't know if you remember that scene where he's about to go to a battle and he just imagines himself in this white field. Yeah. Uh, Imagine himself at home, and that waterfall became my white field. Uh, you know, so in residency, whenever I needed to escape, I would just imagine that. I'm like, "Whoa, why don't we go to Iceland? Let's just, you know." Uh, and my goodness, uh, it was the most beautiful experience ever. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's just because it was the first time we've been out well without kids. I doubt it was just it was it was the most beautiful country I've ever been to. Um, the the variety there the dynamics of geography um you know is you know there's one day we were um at this place called blue lagoon which is this beautiful uh like aqua blue uh um 
like hot, not quite hot springs. I guess it's hot springs. Um, yeah. Then we find ourselves in a lava tunnel, uh, you know, 10 hours later where this just beautiful open tunnel of just all this amazing ge- uh, uh, geology, I guess, or just beautiful rock formations. And then the next day we're in a crater. Uh, and then the next day we're, um, we're by this glacier. And the next day I'm, you know, we went to this place called Diamond Beach where these glaciers wash out, but then they wash back on the shore in smaller pieces. And I had this, uh, you know, this, uh, I don't know, like golf ball, um, I guess baseball size, uh, you know, glacier, you know, piece of glacier in my head. Like, I'm totally putting this in my Coke and drinking it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, you know, uh, but uh, then, you know, we're, we're going up these glaciers and we pull out this big, you know, this big chunk of ice out of the water and, you can see sediment of the of a volcano that probably happened like 300 years ago in this. Wow, You're like, man. Yeah. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, uh, life um, was that life of Walter Mitty. Yeah. There, there's that was filmed there. Uh, for those who've seen that new, uh, was it Eurovision? Uh, oh. Rachel McAdams, you know, that I just watched it. I mean, yeah, it's funny, but you know, the, it shows so much beauty of ice. All the scenery. Yeah. I told you I was, I was like, we're, we can't watch it right now. We were so bummed. We we're like, we can't, we can't watch this right now. Cause of, but dude, did you end up making it to the waterfall? Yes. Yep. And I, yeah. And that we went there about twice, I think. And yeah. there was one time where I, I, my, I'm so happy. My wife took, you know, she's a photographer and, and so, you know, it was absolutely wonderful experience for her, but she captured that, that that experience where we were i just put in um you know it's my earbuds in my my ear and i just stood underneath that waterfall for i don't even know how long it was eyes closed just hearing the waterfall just this extreme gratitude about i made it you know here's the white field here i am uh and um you know is that that goal that vision of of getting to that hope that that dream here i was and it was just an overall emotional, beautiful experience. And, That's uh, amazing, man. I think you kind of like, it's just funny, like what people kind of put meaning on where for you, you're like, this waterfall is the thing that means that I made it through yeah. residency and, and through all that stress, you know, um, which is super cool. Yeah. yeah and and then, then the fun part is, is that then that was beautiful and an amazing experience. And then we discovered this other one that, yeah that's it's just this you have to hike for like a mile about it i think it's about like a quarter mile through this kind of this uh this beautiful trench and then you have to climb up these rocks and climb off a chain and then you're in the middle of nowhere and there's this amazing waterfall that you know and i i ended up uh putting a rock with a little symbol on it and tucked away in this corner i'm like now my goal is to get back and pick up this rock <laughs> you know you know, that is my goal now. I need to get back to here, you know, and it's that returning back to that hope uh, is why I put that there. You know, I put a symbol that means a lot to me personally on that, on that yeah. rock. And so I, I doubt anyone's going to find it, <laughs> but you know, that, that's that. Um, I think establishing that meaning, that hope is, is, is special, you know, and that's why I don't know. Iceland is like, it, it's my new, I, I wish I, I'm, I'm looking for, locum tendons where I can go practice out there as a physician for, you know, like, come on. I, I, I tried to find every way back into that country and I can't yet. They're not accepting us passports. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully soon, man. Well, dude, thank you, man. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you so much for sharing and being super open and sharing some advice and stuff like that with us. Yeah. No, my pleasure. Thank you for doing this. So yeah. Yeah, man. I'd love to have you back on the show. And like, I don't know if you guys would ever be down in the Denver area, but I mean, we'd love to see you guys. So get get all the kids together. It'd be pure chaos. It's worth (laughs) But hey. All right, ladies and gents, that wraps up this week's episode. Uh, Matt, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being so open. Uh, I truly enjoyed the conversation. I think it's one that will stick with me um, for quite a while. Uh, Like I said in the intro, I think it's just important, like, be open, be honest, be authentic about your experiences in life because people are going to connect with that and actually it makes you like as soon as Matt started talking uh about you know being a parent and stuff like that I instantly was like yes I have gone through the same exact experience you know um and it's just 
we that's the thing in in the world like we're all going through really similar experiences most of the time um so i think it's important just to have these conversations um obviously i would suggest anybody just start a podcast and then you get to talk to people for like an hour (laughs) and that's what you do like you just have a conversation you're not checking your phone you're not watching tv you're not even like eating a meal which is a great time to have a conversation but it's just straight up like this is what you're doing you're just talking you're listening you're hearing ideas kind of bouncing ideas off of one another and it just generates um empathy because you know you've probably gone through a similar experience or felt a similar way and you get to really see like a person's story so it's not just like a five minute youtube clip it's like an hour like oh here's how i got from point a to point z in my journey at this point um which i think to me like it's been so beneficial just over the last few years to do this uh in all sorts of aspects whether that's like athletics adventure um parenting mental health like a couple episodes ago i got to talk to just sit down and talk to my wife for an hour and it was after we put the kids to bed and you know, we just had a conversation and it was really eye-opening um, because you get so busy in your day-to-day and you're you're doing tasks one through 1,000. Uh, you're marking them off your to-do list, but you sometimes forget to take those moments just to to really sit there and listen to somebody and, and try to see where they're coming from. So I think that's huge. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. So I would suggest any anybody out there, whether you're a parent or not, like obviously I connect with the idea of being a parent because um, I have three kids, but, but just talk to somebody who's going through something you're going through. Maybe it's someone who's in the same stage of life, you know, maybe it's someone who's, you know, past that stage, but you want to learn from their experiences, right? Like that's probably super powerful too. Um, so yeah, anywho. Uh, hope you guys took took away some good stuff. Hope you guys are doing good out there. I think uh, having a big goal, something you're working towards, is is key. Not maybe not something that's connected to work. Uh, I think something connected to a passion that you may have. Um, setting a big goal, something that scares you, something that almost seems out of reach, um, but go into it with the mindset of like, if I take these little steps and I'm consistently putting action in, then I will get this goal done. Uh, for me, athletically, I still haven't fully figured out what my goal is. I'm recovering from a calf strain, which has sucked. <laughs> and I've been an idiot meathead. Like, uh, it happened in December. I took a couple of weeks off kind of, but you know, still riding the bike and still lifting and doing squats and stuff. Uh, <laughs> but, um, so I took a couple of weeks off, uh, slowly started running again. It felt okay, but I think in the back of my mind, I honestly knew that it was still injured, probably. Um, but you know, there's that sense of denial of like, oh, I don't want it to be injured, so I'm just gonna pretend like it's not. Uh, and anyways, ended up going for a, a run. We ran a half marathon. Me and my friend Bill uh, Sakalik, you should his episodes are great. He's ran marathons and all all the national parks and stuff. He's amazing. Um, anyways, the next day I woke up and I was, I felt exactly the way it was when it first got injured. And I'm like, Oh no. Oh, it's actually injured. No. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I've been taking, uh, I'm taking the whole month of February off of running and I'm saying that out loud right now so I can hold myself accountable to it because it's, I'm at the point I'm over two weeks now of not running and it feels totally fine. Like walking around, like it feels fine. So I could run on it, but I know that's just a recipe for it being re-injured in a couple weeks. So, um, I figured if I take the whole month off, I'll get two weeks there where it felt fine. Um, and hopefully got a lot of healing done during that time. Um, so once I'm through that and I know exactly what I am, what I can do. And I start slowly adding miles back in. I will try to add some sort of goal this year. Um, I have other goals though. I have a big project I'm working on. Hopefully we're close to sharing it with you guys. Uh, it's going to be super fun. Um, something way outside my comfort zone. So it'll be 
it'll be interesting <laughs> to say the least it's been a lot of work so far uh started working on it in like june probably um and just a little bit every day like one of those ideas like it's not like i'm putting in hours and hours and hours it's like i'm putting in 20 20 minutes every day um but that's become you know now it's getting to the point where it's becoming real and so i'm like whoa okay holy smokes um sweet so hopefully i'm able to share more about that with you guys in a bit so uh yeah once again huge thanks to matt um i hope he has like an amazing rest of his winter rest of the school year um with for his kids i mean i guess he doesn't go to school anymore just the school of life that's where we're gonna <laughs> that's where we're gonna wrap up today all right we'll catch up with you guys next week